It's 93.3 KIOA with Luke and Jeremy. Good morning. Good morning. Jeremy had a good example last night of how the kid is always listening. Okay. And that's good to know around the holiday season because Susan and I like to, you know, keep each other up to date as far as gifts are concerned. We were in the kitchen. Ben was in the living room watching TV as he does, kind of mindlessly doing his thing. And she and I are talking at what I would consider a normal, reasonable volume. We're not trying to be heard. We're not being boisterous at all. Boisterous. Yes. We're just talking. And I happen to, I think I said, what was the word? Vernacular. I used the word vernacular. Oh, my God. I'm already slamming my head against the table. And you've only said big words twice so far this morning. I used the word. And then from across the house, I hear, what does vernacular mean? I'm like, you little creep. Are you listening to our conversations? He's nine. Of course he's listening. He's always listening. He He doesn't know he's listening, but he's listening. Yeah. He hears everything. Everything. Yeah. He, he has his mother's hearing. <laughs> wow. She can hear everything. Yeah. I, on the other hand, cannot. I can't hear five feet in front of me. That's true. So now I'm feeling a little more self-conscious. Like, we need to be more careful of the things we say. We're going to screw up and we're going to mess up something for Christmas. That's what you're concerned about? Yeah. You're not concerned about something he might say that might get him in trouble one day? You know... I mean, are you talking about like swear words? Anything. It could literally be anything. Because I will say, I don't want to say, because we don't swear a lot like around Ben. Mm-hmm. In fact, we really try not to. His grandparents are worse about swearing in front of him than we are. Yeah. But I will say we have gotten slightly, slightly more liberal with our choice of words. Well, yeah. And thankfully, he has not picked up on it because he knows what a bad word is. Right. Well, when they're little, they're just going to repeat it no matter what and have no idea. Yeah. As they get older and they hear it being used, they're going to start inserting it into conversations the way they think it's supposed to be. And that's what you have to start worrying about. See, and that's what I'm hoping he doesn't do. He's going to do it. He's a nine-year-old boy. <laughs> he's probably already done it. I was saying, you just don't know. Worse off is that he's my nine-year-old boy, so he definitely is going to do it. Yeah. And now, more fun with Luke and Jeremy on 93.3 KIOA. Jeremy, oftentimes men get called dogs for various reasons. <laughs> okay. But in this case, it might actually be a good thing because it might be what women are actually looking for. Some of us love dogs. You do. Some ladies looking for good-looking guys. Some want funny guys, guys with established careers. Mm. But there is a new term for a kind of man that ladies are looking for, and that is a golden retriever man. Okay, I'm in. First and foremost, they say that the current example of a golden retriever man is Travis Kelsey. I don't know what their relationship is like to be able to say that that's what he is. They say that a golden retriever man is a guy who, much like the animal, Mm -hmm. is sweet, 
gentle, affectionate, and eager to please, and not to mention, easy to train. Wow. Okay. Now, I understand that this is a type of guy that ladies are looking for, but I have to say, Jeremy, I might be a golden retriever man. I can be very sweet. Yeah, uh-huh. Sure. I can be gentle. Mm-hmm. I am certainly affectionate. Mm-hmm. Touch is my love language. Mm-hmm. Eager to please. Mm-hmm. No, no, I need you to stop right now. And I don't like any of this. This is no. And ask Susan. No. Nope, I am I easy to train. I don't I don't want any part of this. <laughs> I don't want to know about gentle touching and things. And <laughs> um I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. Uh, some other people also say that this is a significant other that's easygoing and makes it fairly simple to maintain a happy and fulfilling relationship. Oh, okay. I have always thought of, and this is no disrespect to anyone who has a golden retriever, <laughs> or to really, Careful. if any, any golden retrievers are listening, Careful. no shade to you. Careful. Golden retrievers are like the most generic dog. Wow. Like they are the white label black lettering of dogs. Like they're just plain dogs. Okay. So what I would fe- you prefer to be? I'm not saying I'm not that though. I know, but you're saying it's basic and boring. If you could be a dog, what would you be? <sighs> a, a, a husky. Just because you like huskies. No, you're mostly loud because and annoying. No, that's what they are. No, it's because of the size of pants I'm currently wearing. No, huskies are loud. <laughs> they talk a lot. They like to yell. So if that's what you want to be, power to you. I mean, that actually might be me. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I have a either a not a golden retriever. What do I want to say? Aaron, you're a, you're a more Saint like Bernard. A, well, yeah, I'm gonna say Great Dane, but they're just kind of lazy and lay around. Saint Bernard might break stuff, so maybe more Saint Bernard, but a little bit of Doberman wrapped in there as well. Saint Bernards are big, cuddly, and useful. Useful or useless? No, useful. I think Aaron is useful. Mm. <laughs> Dude, she said it, not me, man. (laughs) It's Luke and Jeremy on 93.3 KIOA. Sometimes I come across a story with the headline and I think, huh, I wonder if this could be me. (laughs) I should read this and just see what's going on. I found this article in the New York Times and the title is... Oh, the New York Times. Well, Yahoo. New York Times. There you go. Uh, the title is That Lingering Meh Feeling Has a Name. Oh, I've, I've had that. We all have. Yeah. We all have that meh feeling where you just don't really care you're one not, way or the other. You're not happy. You're not sad. You're just meh. Is meh in the dictionary? Actually, I wonder. Anyway. Don't stay on track. I know. So I start reading this and I obviously skimmed the beginning of it because i don't really that's what you do yeah i don't really know what it is but apparently it is called persistent depressive disorder and if you have feelings of meh maybe you're happy maybe you're sad not really sure uh persistent depressive disorder is a chronic depression that lasts for at least two years in adults great again i think we all have you think, you think we all have this? I think we've all had this, have some sort of version of this. I think we all have something nowadays, <laughs> something with a name. So as I am continue scrolling, 
um, I find the symptoms. Oh, that's good to know. Of PDD. That's what it's called. PDD. It's what the cool kids call it. Right. Uh, <laughs> All the cool kids have PDD. Here are the symptoms. Are you ready? Uh-huh. Poor appetite or overeating. So you either don't eat or you eat too much. Okay. Insomnia or excessive daytime sleepiness. Fantastic. So you either don't sleep or you sleep too much. Mm-hmm. Low energy or fatigue. At least those two things are similar. At least. <laughs> Low self-esteem, poor concentration, or difficulty making decisions. <laughs> Feelings of hopelessness. Fantastic. I have like four of these <laughs> on a daily basis. <laughs> So I, I've just decided that I now have PDD. I'm going to go ahead and diagnose myself based on this article that I've skimmed. <laughs> Which is really how we all should be diagnosing ourselves. Right, exactly. And according to this, I either did it right or wrong. I'm not sure. I either have it or I don't. <laughs> what do you think? Do you have any of these? Are you? Of course I do. I have all of those. <laughs> poor appetite or overeating? <laughs> I have all of those at every given moment. Some days I'm not hungry. Some days I'm really hungry. I'm feeling a certain way about this PDD. Yeah. And it's a term that I found in the dictionary. Okay. Meh. (laughs) (laughs) Time to eat. Grab a plate. It's time to kill it and grill it with Luke, Jeremy, and Jeremy's dad on 93.3 KIOA. Woohoo! This is our weekly feature where we talk to Jeremy's dad live from southern Missouri. (laughs) Where once again, he is cooking up something delicious, I'm sure. It's always delicious. You've eaten most of what he's killed and grilled. Yeah, well, and by grilled, we mean deep fried. That (laughs) makes everything taste better. It's very true. Uh, Sean, are we off on another excursion today? Yeah, we'll go hunting today. Oh, yeah. Luke's favorite. Yeah. (laughs) Where are we going? We are going to western United States, Utah, California, out in that area, is where they're actually from. They're a mountain range bird. Ooh, bird. Ooh, it's a hunting yep. bird. Yep. They're tough to hunt because they are a mountain range bird, and the dogs will go on point about halfway up the mountain. You've got to get up above them and push them back down toward the dogs, or they'll just keep going to the top of the mountain, and they'll pop at the top of the mountain and fly to the other mountain. And then you got to go chase them over there. This feels like a lot of walking. It is a young man's sport. I wouldn't do it anymore. (laughs) But you have done it? Yeah. Okay. What color are these birds? These are gray, black, and orange and white. Toucan. (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) No. No. They are all white meat. Best way I can cook them is just like fried chicken. Put them in an iron skillet, put some grease in it, flour them, and fry them like chicken. Of course. You can roast them. You can grill them. You can do about anything you want to with them. They are a real moist meat, but they're all white, so you can overcook them real easy. You can cook them whole, roast a whole bird. Ooh, it could be like a fancy Thanksgiving thing for you, Luke, instead of a chicken. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're bigger than a quail, and they're not the size of a pheasant. So they're about, a, about the In size between. of a pigeon. Okay, so... Smaller than a pheasant, bigger than a quail. Yep. And they are of the partridge family. Ooh, in a pear tree. Oh, oh, (laughs) the answer is Danny Bonaducci. You said it was orange, (laughs) black, white, gray. Yeah. Not a bird. Oh. 
and I don't think flies from mountaintops. But maybe I don't know. I, you know, I don't know. They fly a lot when you bust them up. They fly a lot like a pheasant. They come straight up out of the ground, off the ground, and level out. And when they level out, you better be on them because they will kick the afterburners in. So this is like a maverick bird. Top Gun. <laughs> yeah. Bird. Uh, the orange-tailed western iceman. No. Um, It's not an oriole, right? No, that's a little bird. Yeah, nobody eats Orioles. Nobody eats Orioles. Oreos, maybe, but not Orioles. He's just naming baseball mascots. I know exactly what he's doing. I'm thinking of birds that are orange. No, you're not. I am, too. You're thinking of birds that wear baseball jerseys. Okay. These guys are mostly gray, but they have black and orange and white speckles in them. Um, Roadrunners. No. Come on, Luke. Uh, What are you doing I'll give you a dead giveaway. They've got a black mask. The raccoon bird. Nope. <laughs> the Batman bird. <laughs> nope. Is, is, I mean, is this a common bird? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I used to hunt them on the, when I had the preserve open. You can buy them. Is it a robin? Nope. What? A sparrow. What? Hang on. Hold on. Think of size. How big is the biggest robin or sparrow you've ever seen? I mean, I don't know. Some of those robins alongside a Batman, they've been a good six foot. Okay, again, with the mascots. This is where we're going. I'm the mascot nerd, not you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're screwing this up. I think, maybe, I'm going to guess, Chucker. That's it. Yeah! Yep. That's that's not fair, like, pulling out birds from your past. How else am I supposed to do this? (laughs) (laughs) Am I supposed to learn a new bird every week? Yes. Yeah, no. they won't let me hunt at Disneyland, Luke. I can't pull none of the pheasants from so your help past. Me if you take out Donald <laughs> or Daisy or Daisy, I've shot a lot of Donalds. It's true. Uh, I'm aware you have. I've eaten a few Donalds. I try not to think of that. Yeah. Yeah. No, Chucker. We yeah. When he said he used to hunt them. Yeah, I got to be honest. I didn't know what a Chucker was until I met you, Sean. So yeah. this one wasn't exactly you know sticking in my mind. It should. Yep. It will now. It will now, yeah. See? Yeah. So you did learn yeah. something today. All right. Chuckers. We got it. I got it. You got it. So you get a little ding of the bell. Heck yeah. I love the ding. All right, Dad. Well, thank you. Okay, guys. See ya. Bye. Bye. Mornings with Luke and Jeremy on 93.3 KIOA. Well, it's the holiday season, and that means it's time for a lot of school productions. Maybe you'll have a concert in some cases, you might even have a full-on play yes. or musical. Were you ever in a musical or a play or anything when you were a kid? No. Were you always like the band or something? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was in like symphonic band, marching band, mm-hmm. whatever you would call that with only 14 members. <laughs> <clears throat> but no, it never did. <laughs> never did theater. I was in one production and it ruined me for the rest of my life. I never went out for anything drama related after this. Really? I was in, I believe it was our seventh grade production of the Nutcracker at Martinsdale St. Mary's Junior High School. Hmm. And I played the pivotal role of Fritz. Okay. Do you know who Fritz is? No. Fritz is Clara's brother. Do you, know, okay. do you know who Clara is? No. Okay. Do you know the Nutcracker at all? I mean, I know the ballet. Okay. There's no 
talking in that. So Clara is the lead. She's the the yes. young girl who is gifted the Nutcracker. Yes, she is. And she has a really bratty brother who um. actually tries to like break the Nutcracker at one point when she's gifted it. Oh, weird! And this is the role you had. Yeah. Oh, huh. I I had no lines as Fritz, other than to just fight. Uh, it was Angie Goodale. She was the one who played Clara that year. Troy Lenz was the Nutcracker. No, Troy Lenz was Judge Drosselmeyer. Jason Pennington was the Nutcracker. All my all my friends got like the cool parts. You're losing me. Yeah, I, I don't know these people. I know these. <laughs> suffice to say, I got the low hanging fruit part. I also got brought back later as like an ensemble character who just stood around in a different sweater. Yeah, that's usually how that works. But it ruined my acting career basically because <laughs> I lost all confidence that I could actually act. Well, because you didn't get the spotlight. That's true. If they would have just given you the spotlight that you so deserved, this may be a different outcome. I wish I had the kind of enthusiasm that this little boy in England has for getting cast in his school play. Guess what I am for the nativity? I'm a classic one. Classic role, is it? Classic part? Yeah. Um, Joseph? No. Uh, uh, one of the three wise men? No. One of the innkeepers? No. Oh, but it's a classic part? Yeah. Okay. Um, you tell me then, because... I'm door holder number three. I'll be holding doors. That's amazing. <laughs> holding doors for who? Um, Probably um, Joseph and Mary. Oh, my gosh. Were you pleased when they said that? I was like, I'm a door holder. Get in there. Let's go. Yes. <laughs> I love him so much. He's so excited about being door holder number three in the nativity. I love that he's like, it's a classic role. It is. It is a classic role. Tale as old as time. <laughs> I, it reminds me a little bit of that scene from Love Actually, which is one of my favorite movies for the holidays. We've been given our parts in the nativity play. <gasps> and I'm the lobster. The lobster? Yeah. In the nativity play? Yeah. First lobster. There was more than one lobster present at the birth of Jesus. Duh. <laughs> Duh. And they also needed someone to hold the door. That's apparently. right. <laughs> door holder number three. 515-244-4933. We want to know what part did you play in the play? Mm. Especially if you were like me or maybe this young man who is door holder number three. You may not have gotten the like marquee <laughs> s- spot in the play. Mm. Maybe you got something, you know, a little more supporting. Tree number two. That's right. Yes. 515-244-4933. We want to know what the part was that you played in the school play. And now, more fun with Luke and Jeremy on 93.3 KIOA. So what role did you have in the school or the church play around the holiday <laughs> season? Uh, there's a viral video going around of a little boy who is very excited about his role. Guess what I am for the nativity? I'm a classic one. Classic role, is it? Classic part? Yeah. Um, Joseph? No. Uh, uh, one of the three wise men? No. One of the innkeepers? No. Oh, but it's a classic part? Yeah. Okay. Um, you tell me then, because... I'm door holder number three. I'll be holding doors. That's amazing! Holding doors for who? Um, probably um, Joseph and Mary. Oh my gosh, were you pleased when they said that? I was like, I'm a door holder. Get in there, let's go, yes. <laughs> I love him. He's so excited. Kids with British accents are the best. I mean, they really are. And he's super excited about his role in the play. 
I mean, don't get me wrong. Door holder number three. I don't know if it compares to me being Fritz in the Nutcracker, but you know, nonetheless, we all play our part. Okay, Mister. At least my character had a name. What are you doing? He didn't have any lines. I was Fritz. I was Fritz. Five one five two four 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 ninety three three. We want to know what that role was that you played in the play. Uh, let's go to Oscaloosa. Talk to Katie. I was in like fourth or fifth grade, and it was a Catholic school, classic, you know, the play, and I wanted to be the part of uh, the calf. The calf. Actually, it's a little inverse, the calf, you know, like uh, the baby cow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted the calf because it had an awesome costume. So we tried out, and I got cast as the role of Mary. Whoa. (laughs) I was petrified. (laughs) Because I'm like, I just wanted to be the calf. I just wanted the cool costume and to blend in. But no, I got Mary. Apparently, you went a little too hard in your audition. Yeah, what was that audition like to be the calf (laughs) that it ended up giving you Mary? Yeah, I don't know. And they must have. I, maybe I was a terrible option for the calf. I'm not sure. But were you just moving yeah. a little too confidently? <laughs> I think so, or not enough. But yeah, huh. I had I had a little bit opposite role reversal there. So yeah, you did. Uh, thank you very much for the call, Carrie. Uh, another Carrie over on our Facebook says, I don't remember what part I played in the play, but one year on the way, I tried to jump across a mud puddle and fell in right as my mom said, "Don't jump, go around it." I had to rush back home and open a Christmas present early so that I could have a clean, pretty clothes per, for the play. Mm. Ah, the days of having to outfit yourself with your own clothes for the costumes for the play. Had to do the same thing with that Nutcracker play. Yeah. I had to wear my own clothes for both roles that I played. Oh, must have been terrible. <laughs> uh, Angie Garrett says, I was a rabbit in Snow White. I don't remember rabbits in Snow White, other than just the fact that she could talk to all the woodland creatures. Which was Angie just one of the woodland creatures she could speak to as probably she was walking to the dwarves' house. How else did they have woodland creatures back then? What are you talking about? <laughs> what is wrong with you? I don't remember that in the play. I don't remember there being rabbits in the play. I only remember witches, dwarves, and Snow White. Those are the only people in the Because you only remember her. the Disney movie version of this, let's be honest. <laughs> It's Luke and Jeremy on 93.3 KIOA. So Jeremy asks me this morning, so are you picky about your wrapping paper? Yeah, like what kind of thought process goes into your wrapping paper at Christmas? And I will say that at one point we did have, like Susan was all into a theme for wrapping paper. We did like the um, the craft paper. Okay. Like it's all like brown, and then we did like twine for the mm-hmm. ribbon. Oh yes, we've that all was, been through that. Yeah, we did that phase for a couple of years, but for the most part, we just buy wrapping paper, and then when it runs out, we buy the next roll or two of wrapping paper. You just grab a couple rolls of wrapping paper. Yeah, like it? right, right now we've got a. There's a plaid roll that we have, like a red plaid roll. And then we've got a like a couple of Lego looking rolls that look like just a bunch of you know Lego bricks. So like, do you get the plaid and Ben gets the Lego, or do you get the Lego paper? No, it's whatever you can use whatever paper you want. Oh, that's not okay. And this <laughs> is where our that highways diverge. Not okay. You have to explain this. Absolutely unhinged, <laughs> insane way you do wrapping paper. I don't even know how this started in my family because I feel like I remember waking up Christmas morning and all the packages were wrapped in the same paper. Right. Throughout the years, it has become a family tradition, 
and by family church and I just mean me, my mom, and my brother have started this thing where each person gets their own wrapping paper. Which on the surface sounds smart. It's fantastic because all of my brother's gifts get wrapped in one kind of paper. All of my mom's gifts get wrapped in one kind of paper. So on and so forth for every member of the family. Now, is there different paper for you that comes from each different person? Or do you have to agree on a kind of paper for each person? Oh, no. We each we each pick our own. Oh, boy. So, like, when I'm looking for paper, I know... My mom likes dogs and mamas and like classic car things, like cute classic car Christmas mm-hmm. stuff. So I will look specifically for a paper that has something like that on it. My brother, he likes cars and he likes, you know, modern stuff. So I will try to find him a very specific paper. Dad, dad loves the minions. <laughs> One of his favorite cartoons. Would never have guessed that about him. Loves cartoons. So I will usually buy him some sort of minion paper. Okay. It, each person picks their own paper for everybody else. So when you're handing out gifts, I know, you know, all of this one particular kind of paper, those gifts go to my mom. Here's the part that I can't get behind. So even if it is like a little gift, you have to buy a whole roll of paper. But then what do you do with that paper next year? That's the, Now that's their theme until you run out of paper? No, you'll get a new theme the next year. A so new you have more paper. theme <laughs> next year. So you have more paper. Yeah, so, I'm not using all of it. So even if your dad, let's say let's go with the minion paper, uh-huh. and your dad gets like four small gifts from you. Yeah. You've now got this entire roll of minion paper. Correct. What do you do with it? You hang on to it until you need it for something else. Maybe you have to buy a present for Luke Matthews and you need to wrap it in something. You'll just grab whatever paper you can find. How many rolls of wrapping paper do you own? Oh, right now, I'm probably sitting 10, 15. Oh, my God. (laughs) We've been doing this for years. I will say last year is the first time where I actually looked at my wrapping paper and went, I'm not going to buy any this year. Yeah. And I kind of swapped things around Uh a little bit. So... Maybe Larry gets minions this year. No, no, you don't. You don't give Larry minions. <laughs> Larry is too too picky for that. <laughs> oh, of course not. Yeah, no, he'll get snowflakes or something. <laughs> okay, artsy, but yeah, everyone gets their own paper. That is just too. That's too. Then whatever's left over, I'll wrap your stuff in. <laughs> Great, <laughs> the family leftovers. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Back to Luke and Jeremy on 93.3 KIOA. Jeremy, have you actually started your Christmas shopping yet? Um, I've bought a couple of things, yeah. I have ideas for people. I haven't pulled the trigger and started physically shopping. Mm -hmm. Susan has started for parents and in-laws and such. but I think I bought something for my mom. I bought something for you. You have? I have. I bought something for... For my brother. Yeesh. So, yeah, I, I guess I have officially started. Oh, that's weird. I will say that the last thing that I shop for, and it's usually done on the like 23rd or 24th, uh-huh. is the stockings. I have the oh. worst time trying to figure out what to put in stockings. And I got to take you on a little trip here because okay. this is going to bring you into my psyche and how I think. Oh, Hang on, everybody. This is going to be a bumpy ride. (laughs) When I give gifts, I give gifts with purpose. I want you to use and enjoy the thing that I give you. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I'm not a big gag gift giver. I will from time to time, but not often. But also, I feel like if I get a gift for a stocking, it needs to fit in the stocking. That can be difficult sometimes because, like, I'll get peppermint bark for Susan and Ben because they both love the peppermint bark from, like, William Sonoma. Mm-hmm. But those bougie. Those, <laughs> William Sonoma. Woo! But those tins are really big, and so it takes up a lot of room in the stocking. Well, then I got to fill, you know, some more stuff. And I don't know what small things that I know they're going to use I can fit in a stocking because I don't want it to just be like an Easter basket and it's full of candy. I want it to have, you know, some small gifts in it, but I just, I have a hard time because I want to make sure that I'm getting stuff that they're actually going to use. Why do they have to use it? Why does it matter? Because then why give it to them? That's the whole point of the stocking is for it to be a bunch of fun, goofy stuff. Which I'm all for. So candy, yes. I'm all for fun and goofy. The peppermint bark at William Sonoma is fun and goofy to well, it's you. It's fun. They enjoy <laughs> they enjoy it and they will gobble that up. They will have it gone in two days. Okay. And that's a gift well given. But what about like something that's funny or if you've ever heard them say something goofy and then you find a trinket that reminds you of that or something? Would that ever be something you would think of doing? Maybe, but again, I want it to also be useful. I don't want it to be a laugh on Christmas morning and then it gets thrown away with the wrapping paper. But if it's a laugh on Christmas morning that they remember for other Christmas mornings, is that not worth it to you? I mean, no. What is wrong with you, you monster? (laughs) I want them to have the laugh, but I also want them to use whatever it is. Is it because you want them to know that you're the one that gave it to them every time they see it? No, I don't. They want to remember that, oh yeah, Luke gave me this. No, I don't don't care about that. Dad gave me this. I don't care about that. You don't care about if your son sees something and remembers you because of it? (laughs) No, you're twisting. It has to be something that he uses? You're twisting. What if you gave him a rock and it was some sort of special (laughs) rock from like... I don't know, one of the baseball stadiums you'd gone to. Would you give him a rock from a baseball stadium or would you not do that because it's not useful? It's more of a memory thing. I would potentially do that if it had a significant meaning to him. Okay. Then that would be that would be a fun gift to give him. And I would hope that he would display it in his room or something and not just throw it in the yard. <laughs> <laughs> Which would be my luck. Oh, I will go a long way for a gag gift. And the stocking is the best place for stuff like that. That is where you find the goofy things that you wouldn't necessarily wrap up as a big gift, but you think are kind of funny. But is that bad that I I would prefer that the gifts that I give people get used? It's strange. I mean, I understand that you don't want to waste money, but I think any sort of gift giving, that whole it's the thought that counts sort of situation, definitely counts in a stocking. You know, the thought goes both ways. The thought of giving the gift is one way, and the being thoughtful and using that gift is another. God, you think too much. <laughs> Mornings with Luke and Jeremy on 93.3 KIOA. Earlier in the show, we were talking about how I had my acting debut in oh, the, yes. I believe it was the 1990 edition of the Martinsdale St. Mary's holiday play the nutcracker mm. i played the role of fritz who was clara's brother was it the ballet no it was just a shoot See, i only know the ballet couldn't you just picture luke in like a slater from saved by the bell unitard style yeah. situation most totally. definitely i mean i would have 
filled that out. <clears throat> Let me Not tell then. you. You were literally one pound. You, you could tell if I had a Pop-Tart for breakfast that morning in that leotard because you would see the outline of a Pop-Tart in my stomach. Or if he had, in fact, a nutcracker in his pants. That's fair as well. Yeah, there's a lot there I don't need to unpack ever. <laughs> Did you ever do a play or anything yeah, I, like that, Lee? I did quite a few, but I can remember the first one around that time in my life where I really experienced embarrassment for the first time. It was the Nativity. Yeah. It was at Covenant Presbyterian Church over on um, Ashworth. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was cast as Mary. Now, I was just old you enough. You got Mary? I mean, are you surprised? No. Not I mean, at all. Come on. I mean, now I am. <laughs> <laughs> Well, this was before Tito's. This was, bef- the this was before. BT, before Tito's. But I was just old enough to know how babies were born, but not old enough to really understand the Immaculate Conception. <laughs> so I remember being cast as Mary, and I'm up there with my Joseph, and I am mortified because we have a baby, and that obviously means we had S-E-X. Wow. <laughs> and it is all I can think about. And I am like, oh, my mom is going to kill me. This is so uncomfortable. I'm in front of all these people. And I know it's not real, but like how it's suggestive. I love how method you are. You're like really getting into the role. <laughs> You're I, one to talk, my friend. <laughs> He's been making me call him Fritz all day. <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> so, yeah, I, uh, I just remember being mortified. I think it was my yeah. neighbor down the street. I think Scott Lyon was Joseph. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's getting worse. Everybody's staring at me. They know what we've done. <laughs> they know what we've done. <sighs> now I know we had done nothing. And that's how all conception should happen. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you had that experience. I'm still wrapping my brain around the fact that you got to be Mary of all people. So rude. I know, right? <laughs> so rude. Now Lee would also play Mary in that same nativity, but she would be the Mary that's in the wings, the Mary Magdalene. Yeah. <laughs> she... The lady of the night waiting <laughs> to sit at the Last Supper. Uh, we're back tomorrow. Another edition of Elf Drop. That's at 7 o'clock, plus it's Wednesday, which means... I love that I didn't get thrown under the bus on any of that. <laughs> I was waiting for it, it's but no. The first time we've chatted about hoorishness, and Jeremy was not mentioned. <laughs> and he I mean... didn't say my name once. <laughs> It's a new day. It is a nativity. It is a Christmas miracle.